Mr. Hitler If you think we're on the run We are the boys who will stop your little game We are the boys who will make you think again Cause who do you think you are kidding Mr. Hitler If you think old England's done well, there you have it. The television show was a long time ago, but Flanagan singing that song is almost 80 years ago when that song was first sung. Uh, so Philip Malloy joins me with movie and television. Um, another film of, of a television series. Was there a lot of spin-offs of that kind of stuff made or not? Uh, there's a, a major series of articles, I have to say, to be written about it. We're going back to the 1970s, obviously. And in that decade, I think there were uh, 30 cases or over 30 cases of movies been spun off or sort of television series been spun off into movies. Really? And, yeah. And they're, they're absolutely fa- all kinds of things were happening, obviously. Um, in the w- one interesting thing now, for instance, um, uh, in 1969, George, more movies were given X certificates in the the UK than were given A's or U's and one of the things that sort of happened as a result of that then was um, 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 companies that were actually uh, releasing these kind of movies were um, were appealing to uh, people's interest in family entertainment of course and yes, yeah. yeah and they pushed this obviously as family, family entertainment another thing was um, up to say late 60s early 70s uh, the American studios all had big sort of uh, big uh, positions and offices um, in the in the United Kingdom, uh, Boreham Wood uh, Studios was actually run by MGM. Uh, Paramount, uh, Universal, they also had big operations, and these all closed down. And uh, obviously, that had an effect um, on the industry over there. In 1969, 31.9 million pounds worth of investment uh, came from the Hollywood studios into the UK. In 1974, that was down to 2.3 million. Because I remember. Remember, like it was an absolute crisis in the yeah. film industry in Britain, the yeah. film production industry, yeah. because they thought, like, we'll never make movies again. Yeah. And at that point, they were left with only Pinewood. Yeah. Pinewood was the only studio left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was looking at, I was just, I was just coming on the train, I was jotting down some of the uh, series that actually yeah. uh, spun off. One was Till Death Does Do Part. Actually, there were two, a movie and a sequel, Bless This House, Are You Being Served, Up Pompeii, Love Thy Neighbour, Step to Unsound, The Likely Had Lads, and On the Buses. Now, On the Buses in particular is a really interesting one. Now, um, On the Buses yeah. was an appalling it comedy was. series <laughs> on ITV That's right. uh, about fellas, uh, bus drivers yeah. and conductors, yeah, yeah. and an idiot sort of inspector. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was kind of seaside postcard humour. That's yeah, how it how, 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 how it was referred yeah. but okay they made a film version of that for £89,000 £89,000 <laughs> which is half the budget of a Carry On movie and it was enormously successful George it was the biggest it was actually made by Hammer Hammer made it, the, the, Hammer the, the, horror. the horror studio, they made it. And uh, it was the most profitable movie that they ever released. Uh, so it was a, a huge uh, success. Then they did another one called Mutiny on the Buses and then Holiday on, Holiday on the Buses. The series actually ran for seven uh, years, seven uh, series. And uh, 
and and as well, obviously, they had the three uh, movies. Yeah. So uh, that. So, so that's what, that's what we're talking about with Dad's Army against exactly. against that background. But they had already done a yeah, film version had, of Dad's Army had, with the original Dad's Army with cast. The, with the original. Whereas yeah. this one, because all the cast are too old. Yeah are dead, yeah. they have to have a complete new cast. Yeah, well, uh, the original one, as you say, and one of the c- criticisms of it was it felt like three episodes of the series actually strung together, and oh, it did, and it did. Now, the what, what, the, what, the what I think the one good thing, apart from the cast that you can say about this one, is it doesn't feel like that. It doesn't feel like uh, episodes jammed together. And the interesting thing about it as well, then, is you have a really good cast. You have a cast that, to some extent, measures up to the original cast, which is a big thing to say Toby Jones uh, Bill Nye uh, Bill Patterson um, and and then bringing up the rear you have believe it or not Catherine Zeta-Jones what she got to do she, 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 she arrives at Walmington on Sea which is oh, the right. place where, where the whole thing is set she arrives as a journalist working for a, a magazine called Lady and she's supposed to be doing um, an article on, on this group of fellas and uh, of course she's not a journalist at all she's something completely different <laughs> and I won't say any more than that but she's there and she looks very well she's very stylish and uh, uh, she she makes it, it, she makes a, a strong contribution. I but first of all, um, Dad's Army is constantly reviewable yeah. on on television. But apart from that, can Dad's Army? I mean, first run. Mm. Talk about its first run okay, on okay. television. For, was first, when? Okay, first run was uh, sixty eight to seventy seven, uh, eighty uh, episodes. Um, over, as I say, um, nine well, years. Well, that's you and, and me. I, yeah, like we're no, over the top. Well, talk about yourself. But uh, the, the 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 thing about it is that. Um, it was a huge success at the time, George. It was actually Absolutely. doing it was it was actually doing fifteen to seventeen million an episode, which is one of the most. And they they talk they talk about a group of these sitcoms being what are called Hall of Famers. Uh, Basil Fawlty, um, obviously, yeah. is one. Only Fools and Horses um, is another. Um, Black Adder is another. But this is up there at the top. The only problem is is it feels as as a movie it feels very quaint, George. But well, I was going to say that. Yeah. Let's re- go through. The reasons yeah. why it wouldn't succeed, yeah. which might be unfair, but nevertheless, yeah. based on a television series that half the population can't remember, okay? Mm. Mm. Based on an event. So, 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 just to tell people, it's set in actually what they've done is they've set it in 1944. But it's just, still World War II. Yeah. Okay, yeah. They've yeah, set yeah, it in yeah. World War II, yeah. uh, which for 90% of the population can't remember it, mm. right? Um, so, and then the whole point about uh, the thing was, and this is why I'd like you to tell me why they said it in 44. Mm. The whole point was the home guard mm. who were volunteers of people too old to, for service, but it was the threat of the German invasion. Mm. That was the whole raison d'etre. Mm. So if you're in 44, that raison d'etre doesn't exist anymore. Well, um, uh, okay, as you, as, as you well know, uh, the, the war had turned essentially by that stage. Yeah. And what they wanted was, there's a spy story Story, which okay. actually plays into that, okay. which play, plays into it, okay? And as well, you, you know all those imitation arms and, uh, and uh, tanks and yeah. you know, that they, they created in order to give, okay, it's set... Patton's uh, fictitious right. army. It's set near a, a, a Dover um, unit and, and there's a whole break of these uh, around the unit. And uh, it one of the things it's it's aimed at doing is making use of that, which it also does But is well. it any good? Uh, 
I mean, it's very, very hard to be critical of it. People expect you to sort of cuddle up to a movie like this, you know. Yeah. But the thing is, we're here to actually give our view of things. And it's right. it's okay. It's all right. Now, I want to tell you something. Yeah. What yeah. am I watching? I am watching <laughs> in five languages, right? Oh, five languages. Why do you need five languages? I've got a video about it on Facebook, in fact. But yeah. I'm watching, well, it's just ended, Rebellion in English and yeah. Irish. I'm watching... How did it end? Did it end well? I wasn't impressed. Okay. All right. I wasn't impressed. Okay. Uh, but the, but the Irish surrendered. You mightn't have known that. No, no. Pierce surrendered. <laughs> surrendered. I think I could. We we can safely spoil the ending by mm. saying Pierce surrendered. Then I'm watching the unbelievable German series Deutschland. Yes. You keep going on about that. Yeah, I must have a look. Yeah, must have a look. Then I'm watching the Norwegian series Occupied, which is very interesting, and then. On Sunday, I discovered, and I watched five episodes, one after the other on Sunday, to bring me up to date, a French political thriller, I, Spin. I saw the first episode. Oh. I, I saw the very first episode. Now, do you agree episode. or now, not? Well, well it's, uh, you, you sound actually as if you're going to run for the European Parliament or something next week. But uh, I, I agree with you. I saw the, the very first episode of it. It's a bit Borgenish, I have to say, which is no, yeah, yeah, which is no, no harm. There's nothing no, wrong with no, that. No, no, no. But uh, 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 it's it's okay. New government coming to power, and it's about. Um, uh, I suppose it's about. Uh, people. Well, the president has been assassinated, yeah, yeah. and it's the jockey of power right, yeah. to get it. Now it's it's not over, but and and they made. But a it second looks very term. promising. Oh, it looks, it's very. Promising. Oh, have you looked at five episodes of in a row oh, on Sunday because I had done catch up, yeah. so I'd loaded them all mm. down mm. and watched them, and then I'm watching on all kinds of mediums because. Because I watch one of them on television live, mm. right? Then I watch another one on catch-up or something, mm. right? Then I watched another one on my laptop uh, using the Channel 4 player, right? Jeez. So, I mean, but isn't it great for people like you and I, mm. who if we missed Dallas on Wednesday night, we missed it. Mm. Wasn't that right? No, that's true. So <laughs> you had to get home. <laughs> but now, sure, it doesn't matter at all. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Well, were you not? When, did you like Dallas? Did I like Dallas? Yeah. It was okay. I, got, I have to say it was one of those, you get I, that ran for about 12 series, you know. Yeah, so yeah. I was one of those ones you got seriously But boring. I did have the hots for whom Terry Wogan uh, called the poison, the poison to war. Yeah, yeah. She finished up, poor old Lucy, she did. the actress, yeah. finished up quite badly. Well, Charlene she, Tilton. Yeah, well, she, I mean. She had an alcohol uh, problem. Yeah. And, yeah, very well, yeah. Stuff. I mean, she had a very, very limited career and very, yeah. very limited potential as well. To be fair, you know. Well, it depends what you be labelling potential. potential. Well, I mean, actor acting potential. I'm trying to yeah. be straight now, up here. What I really enjoy in your newfound self, as mm. you've been re reinventing yourself, yeah. is Malloy on music yeah. in the movies because yeah. you have twenty five thousand movie tracks in your home, <laughs> and currently the construction well, company is building this. a new space. Well, let me introduce this. Okay. okay. Uh, 1952, oh. Henry, Henry Mancini, he was given a two-week assignment, you love this, uh, at Universal Studios to work on a Bud Abbott and Luke Costello film. 
and he ended up staying for six years at uh, at the studio. And uh, he became, uh, as you probably know, one of the, the, the most influential and one of the most productive uh, composers in the whole of film history. He made, um, he won uh, four Oscars, nominated for 18, won 20 Grammys, won two Emmys, and he, he issued over, he, he issued over uh, five, or 50 albums, I should say, enormously. And then his, his work included, his, his, the stuff he did included, the famous Peter Gunn team, um, uh, Pink Panther music, Breakfast at Tiffany's, Days of Wine and Roses. I was expecting you to pick one of Charade, these. Charade, so what are I'm you coming, picking? I'm leading up to it. Charade, oh, yeah. Charade, Victor Victoria, which you always like, The Baby Elephant Walk, and... This. If you're feeling fancy free, come wander through the world with me. And any place we chance to be will be our Why'd you pick that? I'm totally unimpressed. Well, I. What's the movie? It's called Two for the Road. It's a movie with uh, Audrey Hepburn and Albert Finney. Um, I like the actors. Directed by a guy called Stanley Donan. I like and, the director. Yes, it's a lovely, it's an absolutely gorgeous Stan, piece of Stanley, Stanley Donan did a lot of work with Gene Kelly. He did. Yeah, that's how he started out. He actually started out in the, the unit that Gene Kelly had at MGM. All Very right. good. You're showing okay. off now. Okay. I'm showing off yes, because, yes, yes. I, because, I mean, that, you That's first class. That's a gorgeous piece of music. Absolutely first class, okay? Uh, yeah, but I mean, you know me and music, and, unless and, it's got a lot of banging and drums. That's why well, I like I'm, I'm afraid we're not, we're not going to have banging and drums. That's why I like Tchaikovsky's 1812, oh, because yes. there's guns yeah. and, and, and everything. Okay, well, anyway, as I said, that was the main theme from the absolutely exquisite Two for the Road, and it was written and performed by Henry Mancini, his his orchestra and chorus. Now, another movie about somebody that people won't know a lot about, but it could be a very interesting movie, Trumbo. Trumbo. What's what's special about that? Well, Trumbo himself is special. Trumbo, in uh, 1947, signed a contract with MGM. Louis B. Mayer, the head of MGM, signed a contract for, to make him the most expensive, the most um, uh, uh, well-paid uh, writer in Hollywood history. Okay, so that happened, and as almost as soon as it happened, he was cited as a member or a former member of, of the Communist Party by the House Un-American Activities Committee. Yeah, he was brought before the committee. He refused to name names. In other words, he refused to cite other people who had been in the Communist Party with him, um, and he was sentenced to a, uh, a jail in Kentucky uh, for 11 months for contempt of Congress. Now, that's the first part of the movie. The second part of it is, which as I, I think is actually much more interesting, the first part is well known, much more interesting, is how he dealt with the whole business of being blacklisted and how he, what he did was he got a group of, of uh, other writers together and they wrote um, on their fronts, they, they, you know, they wrote under pseudonyms 
Um, for instance, he actually won an Oscar uh, uh, under the name Richard Rich, and uh, so that's what a whole he had a whole industry of, of people uh, going churning out these um, these scripts under pseudonyms and selling them for, uh, to a whole variety of, uh, right. of studios. And some of the guys and, went to England and a lot worked, of the guys, didn't they? A lot of the guys went to, went to England. Uh, a lot of them worked in independent television in its kind of incipient years. Um, but the, the, the thing about this was that eventually, okay, that we're talking about a period from 47 up to 57, and eventually, George, he helped to break the blacklist and he broke it with the help of uh, Otto Preminger and Kirk Douglas of all people he actually Spartacus. he wrote Spartacus ah yes uh, he, wrote, uh, he wrote Spartacus and uh, he also wrote Exodus and, and who's who's playing him in the movie and he's played by uh, um, Cranston Brian Cranston oh, in the of, movie yeah, of of uh, of, Abby, of, of uh, Yes, Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad fan. Oh yeah, right, yeah. okay. And uh, he he plays him. He was a very sort of extravagant individual. He was very very, um, uh, very very overt sort of uh, guy. He he had big sort of eyebrows. He always smoked a cigarette uh, with a cigarette holder, and he expressed himself in sort of grandiose terms. All right. So uh, he's the kind of guy. He's the kind of character that you need to break down. That you need to sort of keep control of. And Cranston does all that. All right. Cranston has been nominated for. Oscar for the part. Well, tell me about Philip Malloy's movie from the archives. Well, my movie from the archives is Nashville. Now, you're going to tell me you don't like that either. Anyway, don't like that either. It's a, it's a Robert Altman Bad film. Bad week this it's, week. It's a, a Robert Altman film and it's from 1975 at what they call a, 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 a period when two things, two scandals in America sort of intersected. One was the, um, the uh, Vietnam um, and the other was Watergate. And it's it's that it's about the two over a period of five days. It's about politics and the entertainment industry yeah. coming together. But it, Robert, really well done. What are the movies did he make other than Mash Who? that you Robert? were re- really impressed with? Well, I, I actually I I like uh, Teas Like Us. Do you know that? No, you don't. You don't, don't are, like it. They, how do you know you don't like it? <laughs> I don't like Robert. You can't Gordon. even remember. I God, don't like and towards the end of his life, he made Gosford Park. You like that? Do you? I didn't like that. Oh, for God's sake. I saw it though, but I didn't like it. And I'm an expert. <laughs> McCabe on that and Mrs. Theory. Miller. Ah, oh, no. Would you go far away for God's sake? <laughs> I'm talking to myself here. But, but I like Mash. Yeah, Mash so is good. So tonight I didn't like but your movie. He did, he and did, I didn't like your music. He did. Uh, um, he did. He did much better than Mash. Actually, uh, Mash was a good start, and Mash introduced this business of overlapping dialogue that he became yeah. famous for. Um, but he, he did lots of other great stuff. He was a renowned maverick, and he uh, was. He, yeah. he, he was great. I, I, I always thought he was a great filmmaker. Right. Now the picture show six o'clock Saturday night. Guess who's on it? Tell me, Helen Mirren. Oh, oh, Helen Mirren. And, right. and Helen Mirren plays the vicious Hedda Hopper. Remember the famous oh, guy yeah. in Trumbo? Oh, so right. She, she Hedda Hopper was a Scandal magazine writer. Anyway, Philip so Malloy, six, six every week, six o'clock for the picture show on Saturday, and is here uh, every Wednesday on the Right Hook. And you'll find him podcasted on uh, newstalk.com forward slash the Right Hook. Thanks, Philip. You're amazing. Thank you, George. Don't forget the Right Hook Digest. You'll get it on newstalk.com forward slash.
The Right Hook. It's a truncated version of the show, so it lasts 60 minutes, but you've got all the key interviews, so you won't miss anything. Hook on the hustings. You can also listen back to that at newstalk.com forward slash election 2016. Well, that's it for today. The show was researched by Emer O'Shea, Joe Coffey, and Alex Russo. Sound engineers, Michael Quilligan and Peter Malloy. And our special thanks here in Cork to Pat O'Regan of Red Sock Productions. Producer Mark Simpson, I'm back tomorrow again with The Right Hook at 4.30. Good night, goodbye.